Hi, this is Olivia Berkman, and this is the Financial Executive Podcast. As senior-level financial executives return from much-needed summer vacations, it's an opportune time to make sure their careers are moving in the right direction. In this episode, I spoke with recruiter Samuel Durgel of Durgel Executive Search about how we can improve our LinkedIn profiles, how technology has impacted recruitment, and what CFOs can do to land a coveted board seat. Okay, just want to welcome everyone. Uh, today, I'm speaking with Samuel Durgel, a search consultant assisting companies with their C-suite and executive talent needs across the United States and Canada about the trends he sees as companies search for CFOs, controllers, and other senior level financial executive roles, and how FEI members looking to transition into board seats can best position themselves and their resumes. So before we begin, um, I'd just like to mention that listeners can email their questions uh, directly to me during the call. That email address is oberkman, O-B-E-R-K-M-A-N, at financialexecutives.org. Samuel, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm really looking forward to our, our discussion. Yeah, me too. Thanks for thanks for inviting me. Yeah. So let's just start with um, what's unique about the job market right now. Well, um, the good news is from a macro perspective, um, the job market is doing very well for senior finance executives. Now, there may be people on the call who it's not going that well for. Um, there certainly are micro. Um, there, are ma- there are macro markets and micro markets. Um, so there could be people that are facing challenges, but overall things are very good. Um, probably haven't been like this for the last, since certainly before the last recession. Um, things are good. And, and the reason for that is pretty simple. There's lots of activity in the market. Private equity is driving a lot of activity. Companies are changing hands. Uh, companies are um, changing where they want to go and how they want to get there. And you know, the CFO of a company today may not be the right CFO for a company tomorrow. So executive change is, is happening at a lot at the CEO level, and that's driving CFO changes as well. What would you say are some of the most common misconceptions about the job market today? Um, that search is easy. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there's, uh, there's a, there can, there are a number of people who've been in, in comfortable in, in a financial executive role in a company or a series of companies. Uh, as they moved on in their career, and then at some point in time, you know, something happens outside of their purview, uh, whether it's a change in ownership, change in the marketplace, um, CEO change, and then they're looking for a new job. Um, it's not easy to find a new job, and as someone that works with companies, I can also say it's not easy to find the right person that a company is looking for. Now, when a company is looking for their next CFO, um, there's not just one person doing the hiring, although there may be one person that's running the search or, or having a big input onto what 
a company is looking for. But in the end, a lot of people have a say as to what the right CFO is for a company. Uh, and, and that can make a search take a little longer than one would hope. Right. So it's a it's a cha- it sounds like it could be a challenge on both ends for the job seeker and for the um, recruiting company. And so, how does your role um, come into play? When we're hired by a firm uh, to help them hire their CFO or senior financial executive, we really try to, as much as we can, make sure that we understand what the company's really looking for and why. Um, You know, sometimes companies are really clear as to what they want and need. Um, Sometimes less so. They just know they need someone in the role. Regardless, the more time spent up front to ensure that the scoping of the role and the need is there, um, the easier the search can go over time, uh, especially compared to where it doesn't. If you think about why um, any executive search fails, um, there are two reasons. It's because either they're looking for the they know what they want and they're looking for the wrong person. So they hire the wrong person for, I'm looking for this kind of CFO and they hire the wrong person. Or they're looking for the wrong thing and they hire the right person for that wrong thing for the company. Those two reasons are why they fail. Right. So when companies are clear on what they need, how would you describe the skill set that they're most interested in as they search for executives? Can you repeat the question? Sure. So when you're talking to companies and um, they're very clear on what they're looking for, particularly in a senior level financial executive candidate, what are some of those common skill sets that you hear from those companies? Um, I would say more and more companies are looking for an operational CFO. Mm-hmm. Um, they want someone to be able to help the business and, and, and impact the business. Um, the CFO being just a numbers person anymore um, is less and less relevant. Um, that That's really key. Right. Uh, finance people, many finance people are trained to, they start their training in the numbers, but those that have the ability to learn about the business and impact the business and grow their skill set way beyond just the numbers are, are those that companies are looking for today. No question. Right. I wanted to know um, how you've seen technology have an impact on recruitment. So, uh, you know, LinkedIn is really, um, from a professional space, LinkedIn it has changed the landscape of uh, recruitment, no question, especially for professional and executive roles. Uh, it's, you know, we're a search firm. We have our own proprietary bat database. But I'd be lying to you and say we don't use LinkedIn. LinkedIn has source and access to a lot of people now. Uh, I run a weekly blog called CFO Moves, and in that, we've been, and for the last seven years, every week, we've been putting out um, news of CFOs being hired and retired and all those things. And in it, we link to a person's 
LinkedIn profiles. So in addition to the searches we do, we see a lot of LinkedIn profiles. And there's some people that aren't on LinkedIn. And there's some people that are on LinkedIn but don't have much information there. Um, and if you're a CFO or want to be a CFO today and you're not visible on LinkedIn, you're losing opportunity. Now, you know, some people say, well, you know, I want my life to be private. I don't want to have all my information out there where I worked. And that's fine. But if you don't have um, today, if you don't have an electronic trail for your professional life, you don't exist. Right. So what are some of the important kind of do's and don'ts on LinkedIn? Number one, you got to be there. So if you're not there, um, I mean, it's a it's an important place to start. You have to be there. Number two, you have to have a profile that's professional, that you look professional. I mean, the worst that I've ever seen was somebody putting up a, a profile picture of them taking a selfie in a bathroom mirror. Um, and, and no, I, I did. And I was like, oh, never. And now, it's an extreme example, but professional profile picture is helpful. It's what people expect. If you don't have a profile picture on there, um, you know, people are going like, well, why don't you have one? It's part of your image. You got to look the part. You got to look professional. People want to know. And, and on a comparative basis, if you're not doing that, it means that you haven't taken the time to be taken seriously. So why should I take you seriously? So that's important. So having enough information about your career so that people can understand a little bit about it. It doesn't need to be, need to be extremely detailed, but certainly enough to be able to understand what you've done in your career, what progression you've had, what kind of companies you've worked at, what your roles have been, um, you know, some of the things that make you stand out. But you can certainly go a little bit further um, to to put yourself in, in a much more positive light, but you got to look at least professional. you got to look apart. Um, that's really important. So you have to be there. You have to, and then, and then it's, you know, LinkedIn's a tool. If you're, if you don't open LinkedIn, it's not helping you. So you need to see what's going on there, but also you got a key part career management is visibility. If you're not managing your visibility, you don't have to be out there shouting from the rooftops that you're the best CFO in the world because nobody will believe you, number one. And number two, it, it's, it's a little bit much for the role. You're not the chief marketing officer, chief financial officer, but you gotta, you know, if you're not out there and being visible, if you're not engaging on LinkedIn, nobody's seeing you. And then you're forgetting. People are forgetting you. You may have 500 contacts, but if you don't engage with them, nobody's going to remember you. And, you know, the, the, the opportunities are out there for the people that are memorable and will be remembered. So you have to engage. Doesn't mean you have to post, you know, create content per se, but you can share an article once a week at minimum with, you know, I found this interesting. What do you think? And kind of see what engages your network. Um, that can certainly be helpful. Great. And outside of LinkedIn, do you think job boards are 
or should be a part of executives' job search strategies? My opinion is not, um, but you know, I'm not saying that there isn't opportunity out there. The fact is, is that if you're you know, if you've reached a certain stature as a financial executive, if you're looking at job boards, you know, the probability is, is that the career opportunities are there or not for you anyway. Um, that I, I wouldn't invest time in that, frankly. Okay. So a lot of our um, members are interested in joining boards of directors. So uh, something that I wanted to ask mm-hmm. you was, what are the different things that financial executives can do in their careers that will put them at the front of the pack um, and help them transition to a board seat if that's something that they're looking to do? So look, it's important to be aware of what changes have gone on uh, in the board search space over the last few years. Diversity at the board level is something that is um, more and more required and demanded um, by companies. That's just a fact. Um, So, you know, female and minority CFOs will have a leg up on the white male. It's just the way it is. Um, So it's something that needs to be accepted as fact. Um, However, Companies, when they're looking for uh, board members, specifically those with with financial expertise, and that's why they'd be looking for a CFO or someone coming from a similar background to that, um, they're looking for the best fit. You know, there's something has to be compelling. Remember, if you're going to be a board member, other than the fact that you want to be a board member, what value are you going to be adding to the board that you're on? So that's number one. Number two is um, being a board member is not like being a CFO. Um, It's another side of the table. And don't think that you can just be a CFO or be, be a board member just because you're a CFO. You have to really prepare yourself for it. You have to be able to understand what's required, how to act as a board member. And the best way to do that is to really learn from your board. Okay, if you have a board, understand, you know, learn, learn, take all those learning experiences from the board, both with, with what you've seen that you've liked and not liked, and try to package that together. But to get a board seat, if you've never had one, look, if you're a Fortune 100 CFO and you're about to retire, the probability is is that you'll have access to board seats. But if you're not a Fortune 100 CFO, and remember there are only 100 of them at a time, um, you know, why are people going to want you to join their board? So the hardest board seat to get is the first one. How do you get onto a board? Really, um, networking is number one. Certainly companies use search for board positions, but more often than not, it's who do we know? Who do we know that has you know, the right experience, um, the right, you know, personality fit, the ability to get things done in a board environment. 
And the people that you've had that you know on board, specifically on your board, are really great resources to be able to say, well, you know, I'd like to get on a board eventually. How do I get on board? It's because board members get asked to be on boards more often than people that are not on boards, and they turn things down. So they have access to board opportunities. Um, so that's something to consider and have your board members help you. But also, great way to get onto a first board seat. If you take a look at where board people come from, and especially sitting CFOs going onto boards, usually there's some strategic relationship between the companies. Supplier, customer, um, that will make sense for one company's board to have someone else from a, you know, a supporting business to be on there, to be able to add value at, this, at, at the board table to be able to move the business forward. Um, but I also caution people to be able to say, yes, I can do, I can be CFO of a com- my company and be a board member. Being a board member, can be very time consuming, sometimes more than you're actually being paid for for the board seats and all those things, um, and can take away time from your job. So before considering accepting a board position, you may want to uh, recommend you clear it with your CEO and the board that it makes sense for you to be able to do that. Uh, you can end up it, it can end up not working well for you if you. Um, take a board position that is not supported by your current company. Right. That's a great point. So you, you've spoken about how executives can really utilize their personal and professional connections to find opportunities, whether they be board seats or, or probably other roles. Um, how and, and we spoke about skill sets earlier. So I think a lot of uh, of our members are interested in improving their networking skills. So do you have any kind of tips or thoughts on that? Honestly, just do it. I, I mean, it it requires. I, I recommend to to executives and finance executives specifically to carve out a piece of time. You know, you're very good at. at tracking KPIs for for your department and for your business. What about for your own personal career growth? Two meetings a month with with people. You know, one cocktail uh, a month. Going to industry conferences beyond finance. Okay? There's, you know, when worst comes to worst, you have a month where, okay, I I didn't have my meetings, but at least you're aware that you didn't have your meetings, you're not moving your career forward. You got to carve out one to two percent of your time, specifically with regards to networking. But networking with, not networking, say, hi, my name is. The best way for anybody to, and they tell to people in job search because they have a little more time, but it applies to everybody. If you don't add value to your network up front, you can't expect people to, when you need them, return your call. When you need them, make a call for you. You know, we're all busy, and we get people reaching reaching out to us and saying, "Hi, you know, you know, I'd like to speak to someone. Can you help me?" How many of those do we return when we're very busy? Do we? Why not? 
well, I'm busy. Uh, you know, forget about it. Okay. But you, you have, yes, you have to be selective, but you, you, if you, all you worry about is the job that you're in today and you don't take care of it for your own career, nobody's going to take care of it for you. And at some point in time, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to hit yourself in the head and then go, oh, that's why I needed to network. And what about when you're working with someone who's more introverted and doesn't come as naturally to them? Um, are there any specific tips that you would give um, somebody who who maybe is not particularly outgoing uh, or it doesn't come naturally to them? That's a great question. Um, and and it, it pains me to say this. But if, if, if a CFO level individual is very introverted, they're going to have a very hard time getting a new job because the world today requires an executive not to be just technically oriented, but have emotional intelligence to be able to deal with situations. And if they're, there's nothing wrong with being introverted because you know, you think about it, especially in the finance profession, a lot of us are, but very introverted to the point that we we can't get along dealing with people. The fact is today, the CFO job is not a numbers job, it's a people job. That's absolutely true. So, uh, and, and, and again, I'm not saying this to anybody that, that feels that they can't, that's okay. Then you don't have to be CFO. You know, chief accounting officer, okay? You can be a career chief accounting officer and there's absolutely nothing wrong with it. I think it's fantastic. The requirement is huge and it's getting more and more complicated. Become an expert in it. We'll love you for it and you'll be the CFO's best friend. The CFO will adore you because you make their job a heck of a lot easier. They can trust you. The CEO will appreciate you, but you won't be CFO. And that's okay because not everybody has to become CFO. Nor should they. That actually leads me um, into a member question that we got. Um, so the question is, what's the best way for senior level financial executives other than the CFO to obtain board of director roles? Uh, the member said, while I have a strong resume, most recruiter, recruiters seem to be looking only for that CFO role. Is that is that true in your experience, Samuel? Yes. Yes. Again, think about from a buyer's perspective. Why the, why does a board want a CFO? Because they want someone who's proven themselves in business that they can deliver and they have a track record of that. Um, it, it, it you know it, and. You know, someone like myself who who truly understands the the role of finance and how it fits in, um, you know, not all recruiters can can make the shift. Even for someone like me, it would be hard to be able to say when my client says, "Well, I need them to see, I need the person to have been a CFO to hire them." I go, yeah, okay. I mean, remember when the board members hire and they put it, you know, and the 8K goes out and they talk about the background uh, of the person. There, there's a, um, 
demand for the, you know, when you've been stamped CFO, you have, there's a certain, it's like being stamped CPA or stamped anything. You've done that job, you understand it, and therefore you can represent the company well. It's, um, you know, unless you have something that you can bring to the table that the company needs, whether it's a certain industry experience, which is very specific, um, or something else, it's going to be hard for, um, in a search, in a board search that's being run by a search firm for, for someone to put you forward without having that background. Well, it's hard to get around. Not impossible, but th- there needs to be there needs to be a compelling reason why. Mm-hmm. There can be, but it's not likely. Well, Samuel, I, I don't want to take up too much of your time today, and I really want to thank you uh, for your thoughtfulness in your answers. I think it was a really a great discussion. I agree, and and you know, um, I. You know, personally, for me, being on this call is very important. Um, your members are my audience, and I appreciate them, and, and I, I thank them for taking the time uh, today to listen to us. And uh, I only wish everyone continued career success and all the best. Absolutely. Yeah, thank you again, everyone, for joining us today. Have a great day.